The message I have this morning is freedom in Christ. And I've given an unusual title to say, to hear, question mark, to know, to do. This is the question. This is the question. And actually, when I get to the last couple of slides, you'll find I've got seven points. So it diversifies. Before I stay start my message, I want to just give a quote, state a quote that I got out of a book quite some years ago. It was a book written by K.P. Yohannan from the title The Road to Reality, published by Creation House. And this is what he said. All too often, it seems, we're willing to be students of Christianity rather than disciples of Christ. The fact is that most of us are substituting learning and information for practical obedience. Is that true? I believe it is very true. It's worth repeating. All too often it seems we're willing to be students of Christianity rather than disciples of Christ. The fact is that most of us are substituting learning and information for practical obedience. God wants us, Jesus wants us to be disciples. Christianity is a big business. Covers the earth. There's all this multiplicity of denominations and ministries, television, radio. You know, there's empires in Christianity now. Corporations. And, and it's easy to get caught up in all the wheels and all the, the information and all the broadcasts. And this fella, he's just marvellous. And oh, you ought to hear this one. And, and he's got a miracle ministry. And he's got a healing ministry. And we can get taken up with the machinations. But you know what? The centre of Christianity is Christ. And he's got to be our Lord. We're to be disciples of him, not just students of Christianity. You can study all the Christian church history you like. You can study all the end times matters you like. But friends, you're in the middle, not in the past. You can't be in the future. You're here. And this is where Jesus wants to live through you and me. He wants his life to be transmitted through us. So this is the question. To hear, well, I'll ponder. To know, I've got to get to know some things. And thirdly, what am I going to do about it? We're turning to Mark chapter 4, where we find the parable of the sower. This is the first time I've preached this message, but I have been wanting to preach it for years. Because the Lord opened up a particular verse. And we'll get to it. It's a very key verse. Verse 2 of chapter 4 of Mark. I'll just get a bit of water. Then he, Jesus, taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, listen, listen. Please note that. Jesus starts his message and he's talked by the word, listen. Behold, a sower went out to sow. Verse 4, And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, And the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun came up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. The block we live on has a lovely big uh, rock wall made of these big rocks, you know. They have to put them in place by bulldozers. 
And we've found out since we've been there that there must be a lot of rock under our backyard because when it gets sunny and dry, that starts to die. It's, I think all it's got on top of the rock is the turf they laid. Not a good thing. You've got to keep plenty of water on it. And this is the sort of thing that was happening with what this sower sowed. It was not much moisture and not much substance for it to get its roots into. Thank God we've got the word of God to get them to some substance and feed our spirits. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth. How much earth have you got in your life? What are your sources? What are your resources for building yourself spiritually? You know, do you choose good Christian books? You know, do you choose good Christian magazines? What, what do you feed on? What's your depth? You say, oh, no, I'm not a reader. Well, if you're not a reader, do you read the Bible? Who's going to carry you if you don't make the effort? Your mind has to be renewed day by day. We have to be careful. Thank God for the word for today, the magazine. Did you enjoy that today? That lovely poem that that person wrote about the value that the word of God had been to them all their life. Praise God. Okay, verse 6, it says, But when the sun came up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Friends, the sun is going to come up on your life, and there's going to be scorching experiences, scorching times, bereavement, sickness, falling out with a relative, losing a job. Many things can happen in life. Adversity, it's called. And we have to have roots to survive. Verse 7, And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprung up, increased and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixtyfold, and some a hundredfold. And here's Jesus' second reference to hearing. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him use them. Are you listening? Are you listening for what Jesus is wanting to say? Are you listening for what the Holy Spirit wants to share with you? Now he completed telling the story. After talking about the good ground and its possibilities. And then it says in verse 10, Now when he was alone, those around him with the twelve disciples asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. And he said to them, verse 13, we miss out verse 12, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So this is, a, this is a very key parable. Okay, back in attention. Do you not understand this parable? This is a very important parable. It's like the, the foundation to the other parables that Jesus spoke about. And if we don't understand this parable about the, the power of the seed and what it can do, how then will we understand all the parables? So keep listening. Now in verse 14, Jesus gives the interpretation of the parable. The sower sows 
the word. In Luke it says that the seed is the word of God. And friends, if you want to get good crop, make sure you choose the word of God to be your seed. A lot of philosophy, there's a lot of theories around, a lot of myths. And we're living in a world of make-believe, the Hollywood stuff. There's so much television, so many movies, and I tell you what, they're in Star Wars and they're into everything else except reality. I get sick of it. I think I look through the TV guide sometimes and just, just to see what's going on, not to watch it, but to see the titles. And I think, that's a lot of nonsense. It doesn't interest me. I've got no desire for it. I've got desire for better things. So be very careful what you allow into your mind. You hear it verbally, but you're seeing it visually. That's going in. That is seed. It is seed. We have to remember this. This is reality. It's not a dream. See, we've watched so much of that that we nearly think, oh, this won't affect me. I don't know it won't affect me. It does, just like my wife said. You get bitterness, unforgiveness in your life. You think, oh, I can have these attitudes. I'm, I'm, I'm strong. But it will catch up. The sower sows the word. Verse 15, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. I'll tell you what, if you don't value the word of God, the devil does. He knows its power. He knows what it can do to transform us. He knows what it can do to create faith within us. He knows what it can do to change direction. Take a person from poverty and make them a good businessman who's trusted God and has prospered. So many stories could be told. Don't have to be a very prosperous businessman, just a good ordinary Joe Blow, Jane, but trusted God and made their lives beautiful examples of the Christian faith and being witnesses for Jesus. Satan's ready to take the word. And I noticed one of the versions of the uh, account of the sower and the seed in one of the other Gospels, it said they didn't understand it. If you don't understand it, the devil takes it straight away. See, you've got nothing clicked. There's that much other stuff there. It, it just didn't click. And that's what it can be like as you're listening to the sermon this morning. You can have other thoughts going on in your head and you're not getting the message because the devil knows the value of you getting this message. So he'll do all he can to send in his... Birds, take it away, quick. Verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, like our backyard with the grass. Not much depth. And so endure only for a time. You see, the root structure was not built. Attention was not given to the depth. How regular is your Bible reading? How regular is your time of waiting on the Lord? Is it just how you feel and when you get a whim for it? Have you got some regularity? Have you got some habits into your life that build you, that strengthen you? They have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. When you need them, you can't count on them. Isn't it sad? And sometimes we feel disappointed with ourselves because we 
just haven't been building our faith like we should have been. Shouldn't have been. We haven't been nurturing our spiritual life. Haven't been in fellowship. Haven't been reading the word. Haven't been waiting on God. How long is it since you had a good session speaking in tongues and getting into the spirit? Getting some revelation where you feel God's talking to you, where God's opening up the word. They're the things that really make impressions and make contributions into our lives. Verse 18, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. They hear the word. And verse 19 says, and the cares of this world, what we've been talking about, the deceitfulness. See the word up there? Glamour, magic. Oh, how many millions, billions in the world are being entranced with this glamour magic that movies put over, that shows put over. Most of them are just someone's story they made up in their head. It's never happened. It's not real, but it can be like life. But generally, it doesn't end with Jesus. doesn't end with the truth. doesn't end with the gospel. I, I think from when uh, watching stories and movies over a period of, say, 20 years back, most stories way back used to have a good ending. But you know what? Today, most of the movies, they've got depressing endings. They don't leave you with hope and with joy. Well, they've got nowhere to take you, you see. If they don't know the word of God, if they don't know the gospel, where do they get good news from? And if you partake of that, that makes your life gloomy, depressed. There's no answers. It's shadows. Emptiness. Vanity. Be careful, dear ones. Be careful, particularly you young people. Be careful of this glamour magic. It all looks so good on the outside. But it's got no substance of reality, no preparation for eternity in it. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. Oh, how many have been pierced through, Paul says, because they chased riches. Thank God, if you can be wealthy and be a good servant and steward of God, go right ahead. But so many have been caught up, swept off their moorings because of the strong currents of the God of Mammon. Jesus said you can't serve God and Mammon. The God of Mammon is a very strong God. And then also he says they, the word is choked by the desires or ambitions for other things entering in. You see, we've got competition, dear ones. As Christians, we've got competition. Something wants to come in. It wants to cram in. It wants to drive something out and put something in. That's not good for us. And you've got to be carefully, uh, you've got to be careful being in uh, defence mode all the time. We're told to put our armour on. That's the defence mode, isn't it? Put on your armour. Pick up the shield. Put on the helmet. Put on the shoes. It's a defensive action we have. We're under attack. The, the, we're told, above all, taking the shield of faith whereby you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. All. So they're flying. That's why we've got a shield. But if you don't have much faith, they're going to hit you. You'll be slack. You won't be alert. The fiery darts will come in, do their damage. 
They enter in. But, but most of all, they choke the word. See the emphasis, Jesus. Jesus, this is his story. I'm only repeating what Jesus said. And he said those sort of things choke the word. So you want a good crop, but you don't get a good crop because there's all these weeds and this other, other growth choking it all. And some wonder, people, people wonder why they can't be a victorious Christian. Well, you've only got to look at what you allow to be sown in your life. What are you sowing? What are you giving preference to? What are your priorities? What are mine? They will determine the outcome of how strong, how fruitful we'll be. And sad to say, these sort of things like the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things entering in, choke the word, and the word becomes... Say it. Say it. See? Unfruitful. There's a reason why we're not fruitful. Jesus told us. Because we make other priorities more important than the ones that Jesus wants us to have. Verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. Those who hear the word. You remember Jesus said earlier, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. The ones on good ground hear the word and accept it. They unite themselves by faith to the word of God and it profits them. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4, it tells us the opposite there. It says they did not unite themselves by faith to the word of God and it didn't profit them. And they didn't end up going to the promised land. We've got to hear the word, accept it, and the proof that we're doing that is there is fruit in our lives. Matthew 13 verse 23, stating parts of the same parable. Matthew 13, 23 tells us, it uses the words, the person who hears and understands it, the word, hears and understands, who indeed bears fruit and produces. Praise God. Luke eight fifteen uses different words and says, who having heard the word with a noble I love that word. It means excellent, honest, admirable, good qualities. The dictionary was just full of descriptive words to explain what the word noble means. It means honest, excellent, truthful. And also not only those qualities but has a good heart and then they keep it. You see, you've got to keep your faith. You've got to keep the seed. You've got to look after it. It just doesn't look after itself. We've got to value it. And listen, they bear fruit with patience. That's the tough part. That's, that's where the rubber meets the road, isn't it, saints? Come on, smile. You know, that, that's, where, that's where we either win or lose is the patience. Can we hang in there? 
we'll bear fruit if we hang in there. Some trees, you know, you plant them and they grow up and it takes eight or nine years before you get your first crop. Some you get it the first year nearly. It's wonderful, isn't it? Variety in nature. Maybe all those things that just show us a story. God says, well, I've got trees that take patience. You've got to be patient to get your reward from your crop. But if you're patient, you'll be rich. We heard about the macadamia crop coming in. It's going to be quite a crop this year. They're going to be harvesting till August. Well, there's going to be some rich people. One of them said there's 16,000 trees on the property. Well, I can imagine they're going to be quite wealthy when they get their money from their crop. Praise God. So are you going to get something from your crop? You're looking after your crop. Are you tending it? Are you fertilising it? Are you watering it? You know, are you doing all you can to keep the weeds out so you're going to get a good crop? I've got down the word stickability with patience. Stickability. That's really it, isn't it? Sticking at it. Sticking at it. Those inventors, they kept on making an invention and it didn't work. They made another one and then it didn't work. And some of them did thousands of times. Perseverance. All right. Now Jesus went on to verse 21 and 22 that we're going to read. Let me say this before we read it. Truth is like a lamp. This, this makes sense to me now. It used to be a bit of a mystery. Why did Jesus all of a sudden interrupt this parable and start talking about a lamp and putting it under a bushel and under the bed? Where's he gone? But truth is like a lamp. And truth is not a secret to be hidden, but as lamp and light to be used to reveal things. And Jesus was telling this parable to bring truth and to bring light so people could understand what he was talking about. But they had to use the lamp. They had to use the light. What's the use of a light if you put it under the bed or put it under a bushel, as the Bible says, or some other place? It's to be put on a lampstand. And the truth of God's word is to be erected in our lives and to fill our mind, to fill our souls, to fill our hearts, to guide us and direct us. And he said, is a lamp bought into a house to be put under a basket or a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it shall come to light. Sometimes we look at that verse in the negative and think, oh dear, anything I keep secret is going to come to the light. Anything I've hidden is, is going to be revealed. Ooh. Well, that's the truth. Remember what Paddy's just preached on. You harbour unforgiveness and bitterness and all those negative sins. They're going to break out. Sooner or later, and if they're hidden right up to the judgment day, well, it'll all be revealed on judgment day. So best to get right now. Best to deal with them beforehand. But there's another meaning. The Mark 4.22 in the Amplified Bible, and this is not on the screen. I'm going to read it to you. Listen closely. Jesus said these words, although this is the Amplified Version. Things are hidden temporarily, only as a means to revelation. God wants you to know, but you've got to do a bit of digging. You've got to have a bit of stickability. He values his word, even if we don't. He puts a high value on it, and he says you can get the treasure if you're prepared to dig. You can get the treasure if you're prepared to be patient. You can get the treasure if you're prepared to keep the lampstand burning. You can get it. It's there. But it's not, stones. It's not like gold laying on, like stones on the ground. You've got to dig a bit. 
For there is nothing hidden except to be revealed. Isn't that good? Praise God. God's just wanting to reveal things. But he wants us to be sincere. They that seek shall find. They that knock it shall be opened. For there is nothing hidden except to be revealed, nor is anything temporary kept secret except in order that it may be made known. And Jesus says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. That's his third reference to hearing. Listen, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And he repeats it again. And this is the verse. If anyone has ears to hear, let him be listening and perceive and grasp. Sorry, comprehend. Now that's the amplified version trying to expand what do we mean by hearing. What is understood when you hear? If anyone has ears to hear, let him be listening and perceive or understand. And then comprehend, and that means to grasp mentally, to get it, to get the truth. Those are the meanings from the Oxford Dictionary. Simply stated, Jesus is saying, if anyone has ears to to understand, let him understand. Do you know what? Some of you, I would imagine, being a typical audience, there'll be some in the audience today who are hearing a voice. They'll know someone's out the front preaching. But is your mind getting the message? Are you understanding the message? Are you with it? Or are you somewhere else? You've got something else on. You've got something planned. You see, your Christian life is going to prosper when you put value on the word of God. This verse is saying, you put value on my words, Jesus, you put value on my words and you'll get a reward. Beautiful. I'm going to go to Matthew, to Mark chapter 4 and uh, okay, we'll use that. That's going to save me looking up here. And he said to them, take heed what you hear with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. You put a value on God's word and he sees the value you put on that word and then he makes that value applicable to you. But if you treat it roughly, you treat it, oh, well, take it or leave it. You don't show an interest, you don't value it, it's not spoiled to you, not treasure to you, then God says, well, it won't be that to you. But he said, if you put this value on it and you make it precious and meaningful and life-changing and you show your love for it by getting into it and getting it into you, then you will have more, glory to God, more given. That's what we want. The, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, he said, that God may grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to enlighten us. But if we don't apply ourselves and don't give him time and wait on him and meditate in his word, we're the loser. Psalm 1, you know, the man who who follows the counsel of the wicked, sits in the seat of the scornful, gets along with the wrong crowd, he won't be prospered, Psalm 1 says, but it goes on to say, The person who meditates in the word of God day and night shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His leaf shall not wither and whatsoever he does shall prosper because his roots go down into the river. That's meditation. I don't think there's any uh, alternative Christian than meditation. I don't mean the Eastern meditation. I mean 
meditating in the Word of God. You see, we have to learn to let God's Word soak in us and through us. It has to be. Do you know the difference between listening and getting a revelation is the preparation of the heart. If you're not hungry to know the truth, I don't think you'll get much. If you don't seek, I don't think you'll find. If you don't knock, it won't be opened. God wants to. There's no doubt on God's part, but he's looking to us. Have we got a hungry heart? You know, after Jesus' resurrection, the disciples were all full of unbelief. They couldn't believe that Jesus had risen from the dead. They had to be convinced. Do you know, there's a beautiful verse in the book of Luke. And it says that the Lord, the Holy Spirit, came and opened their understanding. He opened their understanding. That's what we need. And you know what? There's a, some people, you could have two sitting next to one another. One, their understanding gets illuminated and the other person doesn't. What's the difference? Because one has a hunger to know. One is seeking. And furthermore, listen to this, one has an attitude of humility. The Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So God checks our hearts out before he gives us information to the head. Do you follow that point? He's looking for attitude, hunger. Are you putting value on the word of God? Am I? This is the key. And he, Jesus, this is Luke 24, 45, and he, Jesus, opened their understanding, which is the organ of reasoning, that they might comprehend the scriptures. And wasn't it wonderful when they saw the light? They were transformed men and women wanted to turn the world upside down for Jesus. Praise the Lord. And he said to them, be careful what you are hearing, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. For to him who has will more be given and from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away by force. By force. Now, Jesus could not be any more honest than what he has shared in that parable. Now, we all have an inner being. We all have a mind. We all have a heart. We all have a soul. We all have a spirit. We all have attitude. Jesus points out that the profitability of our lives will be determined by that attitude, by our bearing, by our hunger, by our thirst for the things of God. So I encourage you, my brothers and sisters, pursue righteousness. Pursue the revelation of the word of God. Pursue the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Just don't drift along. Jesus is saying, you've got to put value on the word. When you put value on my word, then you'll get the value back. The same measure you use, Jesus said, will be measured back to you. And this is the serious part. He said, if you don't do some measuring properly, then what you've got is going to be taken away. Ooh, that's serious, isn't it? That's serious. What are you doing with what you've got? What am I doing? The Lord wants us to be able to answer, well, Lord, I am seeking you. I am getting into your word. Lord, I want you more than anything else in my life. Because if I don't have you, what else does it matter? 
What's the good of it? It's all going to go at the grave. We're going to leave it all behind. I exhort you to go for those true riches, the spoil, heaven's treasure. Okay, to finish. Jesus' first word was, listen. Has that impressed you this morning? To listen to God. Second, he, Jesus said, hear. If any person has ears to hear, let them hear. And then from our study, we've developed that you not only have to hear, you've got to understand what you hear, otherwise it doesn't profit you. You know, if someone gave you some instructions to how to get to a certain place and you weren't listening properly, you weren't hearing properly, you wouldn't understand where they said to go up the second street on the right and then turn left and the first fourth house down there, that's where they live. You see, if you didn't pay attention and really listen, really hear to understand where to go, you're going to dear, I haven't got a clue. Would you say that again, please? Would you write that down? I'm a bit dumb. <laughs> you know, we, we've got to listen and we've got to do that with the things of God. I, I, I delight to see people with note the Bible and they've got some paper and they've got some pens working. You see, it's that little bit extra. That will be there. If they've written it down, it's there. Tomorrow, the instructions will be forgotten. What was that? What, what street was it? Uh, how many houses down was it? But if you've written the verses down, you see, if you're diligent, you're going to get the reward. So it's, we need to listen, we need to hear, we need to understand. And fourthly, Jesus explained the soil of hearts. So the pitfalls... We would know. You can't get any plainer language than what he described, can you? Seed that got sown by on the on the wayside, on the road. I mean, as hard as nails, no seed's going to go in there. But what are our hearts like? Are they a bit hard? Are they soft? Are they tilled? Are they moist? Just ready for seed? You determine. I determine. So. Jesus not only wants us to listen, to hear and understand, he wants us to know the condition of our heart and give attention to it. Then fifthly, Jesus wants us to be lovers of truth. Remember he spoke about the lamp? It wasn't to be put under the bed or under a bushel. It was to be put in the lampstand to give light. And his truth is to illuminate us and to lead us and to guide us. And to bring us out of what Paddy was talking about, those strongholds of the mind, those lies will be exposed as we bathe in the light. The darkness will start to be illuminated. And we're, oh dear, I didn't know I was believing that lie. That's really messed me up. No wonder I think so poorly of myself because I've just never dwelt upon God's great love for me and that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You see, the person who gets into the word gets the truth to expose the lies and you can enter into the victory. Praise God. Dear me, didn't hear an amen, but I believe it anyway. Praise God. Jesus wants lovers of truth. Patty's verse, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That's what you need more than anything else in the world. Get the truth and hang on to it. The scripture says, buy the truth and sell it not. Say amen. amen. That's the truth, isn't it? Buy the truth and sell it not. In other words, when you find truth, grab it, hang on to it, imprison it within your life because that's the most valuable thing to you to set you free from the bondage of the devil. Praise God. Sixthly, Jesus points out the hearts 
with good ground. And friends, they're the doers. They're the doers. Very important. You see, we hear sermons about prayer. We hear, hear sermons about witnessing. We hear sermons about many things. But what do we do after we've heard them? What do we do about them? See, Jesus wants us to be doers because they're the ones that are profitable. The seed is sown and it springs up and it grows and it brings a crop. He wants us, seventhly, he wants to bless us because we're fruitful. Some brought forth 30-fold, some brought forth 60-fold, some brought forth 100-fold. Who do you think he was most appreciative of? The ones that had been fruitful. I mean, any farmer wants the most fruitful trees, doesn't he? To conclude my message this morning, I want to mention another parable of Jesus because I think it is the most, one of the most powerful besides this one in the Word of God, the New Testament. It comes right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 7 of Matthew. And Jesus talks about a wise man and a foolish man. Listen to this. They both heard the Word of God. That's what that parable says if you read it. When you get home, the last four or five verses of Matthew chapter 7. And it says they both heard the word of God. The man who was foolish was the man who heard what Jesus had to say, but he didn't build his life on it. I've heard this, the song sung as a child. I grew up in the church in the Sunday school, and we used to sing this song. You know, the wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock and the rains came tumbling down. The rains came down and the floods came up. Do you want to sing it with me? The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up and the house on the sand went... I was on the rock. See, I got it wrong. And so many of us get it wrong. So we've got to sing the one about the foolish man now. Did you miss the message, you see? Were you listening? Did you think up what my wife picked up? Did you, how many of you thought I was wrong? <laughs> Who thought I was right when I was wrong? <laughs> okay. You see, the man who was, was wise was the man who heard what Jesus had to say, and he did it. You know what, when I got up this morning, I read through the whole Sermon on the Mount. I thought, I'm going to see what this sermon's all about again and just see how much there is to do according to what Jesus taught in that sermon. And there is a whole lot. There is a whole lot. And it's easy to think, oh, it's too much. It's too much. I think I'll side with the foolish man and I'll just build quickly. I'll just build quickly. I'll skip the reading and... I'll just go to church once a month, you know, and, you know, uh, I might think about going to the prayer meeting. I don't know. Depends how I feel. <laughs> right. You see, the foolish man wants to take the shortcuts. And so he, he builds a nice house, but, and it looks great. But fancy using a foundation of sand. What I was going to say when I, we sung that song, I sang it, you tried to join in. 
that the last part of that song says, so build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ. So build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ. So build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ and the blessings will come down. The blessings will come down as the prayers go up. The blessings will come down as the prayers go up. The blessings will come down as the prayers go up. And the house on the rock stood firm. You know what the problem with that song was? It brainwashed me as a young child. Because I thought the only thing you had to do there was commit your life to Jesus, become a Christian. But that's not what the message is about. You've got to understand that, friends. The message is, do you do what Jesus said? You've accepted him as your Lord, but do you treat him as Lord? Is your life under his control? Is his word guiding you and directing you? That's a totally different message. You can say, I'm a Christian. I accepted the Lord, uh, how many years ago was it now? But you see, are we obeying his words? Are we letting them dwell in us? Powerful, isn't it? This is powerful stuff, friends. This could transform the world if we really learn to not only hear, not only to do, not only to know, but to do. That's what's going to bring us freedom in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And death to all our foes. Praise God. Amen.